This is Strange Assembly, episode 132, Rebalanced. Well, welcome back to the Strange Assembly LCG feed, although maybe we'll have to update the name on that. What did you say AEG's calling the new Doomtown and LCG? ECG. ECG. Expandable. Expandable game. Game. Yes. That was Mike Cook. I'm Chris Stevenson. Also here with us is Jay Earl. Hey. This is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast, and... This is our first entry in our, uh, what I believe has been titled the Netrunner slash LCG feed. And so I guess I should start out by saying, okay, well, why haven't we had that in a while? And uh, there's a, a pretty short answer. One is that I'm not playing Netrunner anymore. And, and since I'm the one who kind of is the prime mover, that means there haven't been any episodes about Netrunner. Jay and Mike are still playing Netrunner on a weekly basis. Jay is still writing about Netrunner on the Strange Assembly website, strangeassembly.com, so you can catch those there, and then right, you can follow us on all the usual social media to see when he, he posts those. I basically decided, it's not that I don't like Netrunner, but I have... I think we kind of overreached in trying to competitively do too many things in a way that we could continue to talk about them. Well, and there are a lot of good Netrunner podcasts. Yeah, in the way that you have to to be sort of relevant about this for that. And then even just on a, on a, you know, individual level, the financial commitment of an LCG may not be the same as a CCG, but to really stay up with it. You have to put a lot of time into it, and and I was just not really able to make the kind of time to do that for Netrunner. I, there are some ways in which I ended up being less satisfied with the game as time passed, but those weren't necessarily a big deal. I mean, it's sort of like, okay, so it's less great, right? You know, it's less good. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll... Uh, I'll get Jay and Mike to talk about Netrunner, get Kempy back on here, and they can, you know, have an episode without me, and I'll just edit it afterwards. But that's what's been going on with Netrunner. Now, I I am still in possession of all of my Star Wars LCG cards, but Fantasy Flight has hardly released a new Star Wars LCG card in, what, five months, give or take? There's been... Something like that, yeah. There's just been Balance of the Force. Now, I, I had planned to have a whole episode just about Balance of the Force because I was all pumped about Balance of the Force, except then I was kind of disappointed by Balance of the Force. I think I was hoping for something... Not I think. I was hoping for something that was more plug-and-play than it was. I I really like the whole... Uh, I'll continue to call them raid decks, but, well, you know, whatever. The, you know, the one big deck against multiple normal decks or, or team multiplayer, but I do not play any of these things enough that I am going to spend the time, in addition to the time doing the normal ways of playing them, that I'm going to develop entirely separate sets of decks to play against the big monster decks. And I guess it felt it, it felt to me like that's really what you needed to do with balance of the force that if you just took a random assortment of dark side decks and threw them at the search for Skywalker, 
that was not really going to go well. No, it did not. We tried that at least once. It did <laughs> not go well. So, well, yeah, especially the, um, you're playing a Sith controlish deck? Yeah. Not really. But, and I think that the tournament impact of the objective sets in there was not that great. So a lot of deck technology stuff, I think, is still mostly messing around with the kind of things that we mess around with last fall at, at World Championships. So now I do, if I'm not mistaken, we are about to get in the next week or two, we're finally going to hit one of the second cycle of Force Packs. So that could give something new to talk about, but that's basically what's been going on with Star Wars. Uh, so there was that, but then one of the reasons why we were going to hit this episode again is that there have been another a couple new announcements on the um, LCG slash ECG front, and frankly, I just wanted to demonstrate what a complete hypocrite fool I am that I'm I'm sitting here just talking about how I divested myself of Netrunner because I don't have time, and then kind of drool because somebody publishes some other new thing that I will not have time for, but will get anyway. I what's wrong with me? It's Fantasy Flight. That's what they do. Well, it's, it's both of them. But yeah, so we've got... There, there are two... There's the actual LCG. Fantasy Flight has announced a Warhammer 40k LCG. And then Alderac has announced what... It isn't an LCG, right? Because unlike CCG, else, Living Card Game, that's a trademark of Fantasy Flight, so nobody else can do it. But AEG, Alderac, is releasing Doomtown Reloaded which is a re-implementation of, kind of like many of the Fantasy Flight LCGs, is a re-implementation of an old CCG, Doomtown, which, you know, is a weird West, I think it was originally set in Deadlands. Yes. And, oh, I wonder if that has anything to do with, now that I'm thinking about that, with the changes in the faction. Or not. Hmm. What? Probably, yes. They, like, okay, Oh no no you no that no it doesn't it's still set in the Deadlands universe so well right they've only got four factions in the new Doomtown Reloaded and they're not factions mostly that were in the old Deadlands and so I was thinking for a second oh maybe they're re-releasing the game but they don't have With the a new license, license or they just have their own but it, it is still the Deadlands license well, because Pinnacle has actually gone on record or the CEO of Pinnacle has gone on record as saying look AG has got that license until they don't want it. Okay, so it's a weird West based on the the Deadlands universe. The mechanics were poker based, right? You'd have shootouts and and you right you see now a lot of people are super enthused about this. I've actually never played the original Doomtown, but I know that you did, Jay, and I think you did, Mike. I played it because Jay was kind enough to bring a couple decks, even though they were not very well matched against each other. <laughs> well, but no, but no, I no. saw I saw the idea behind it, and I thought it was really pretty neat. Oh yeah, it'll be great to be able to play with, you know, not just random cards I got off eBay and threw decks together with actual, you know, hopefully balanced decks. But yes, the mechanics of it, every single card in the game has a poker value. And so then you build your 52 card deck and basically anytime there's any amount, any conflict, you need to determine who wins, you draw poker hands. And there's ways to manipulate that, like 
certain guys make it so that instead of playing five card draw, you're now playing eight card draw, or you can cycle through them. And then there's, we'll see if this has it, but the original game, you actually had two different environments. You had bicycle, which is your deck has to be a poker deck. Every single suit and value has to be represented. Or there was cheating, which is if I want to, I can play four, like I can play a deck of all ace of spades, which means every time I draw a poker, it's going to be five aces of spades. But your opponent could play with cards that were caught cheating, right? And if you had a caught cheating when they had a non-legal hand, then something bad would happen. Right, depending on the card. Yeah, I I would think that they're going to go one way or the other, and my guess is that they're going to let you cheat because that was such a I thought such an emblematic part of Doomtown. Right. I didn't actually realize there was an environment where you weren't allowed to have a cheating deck. Yeah, yeah, there there was. Uh, uh, I, I would guess that it would it would be really hard, especially in probably what's going to be a much more limited format to do the bicycle. I think cheating just makes more sense. Yeah, although it would be a an interesting and strong deck building restriction to, you know, like you always, you have to look at, here are my different cards that are fours of spades and... Well, I mean, yeah, it's... if At the very least, it's Highlander where you can't have two copies of the same card. And then, yes, on top of that, you can't have... You have to pick which... Ace of Spades you want to play with. Oh yeah, that oh, that's already guess it. I'm sort of thinking for some reason you get four, but that's really good. Yeah, it's for if you're only gonna have one format, I don't think you can have it be Highlander. That that also just requires you to make so many different cards. cards. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't see Bicycle happening anytime soon, but I would not be surprised if this game catches on and lasts a while. That eventually Highlander doesn't come out that bicycle doesn't become a format. But no, there's no way the base set is going to support Highlander. But yeah, I mean, and it really feels like they're, I would think that they're going for the same sort of feel like you had with Netrunner. Like, you've got an old LCG that kind of came and then went, like most of them did, but then has a a long-standing fam community, was highly respected in the gaming community, and now you have one base set launch, and then they're going to, right, There's a there's a base set that is non-collectible, and then they're going to be releasing saddlebags, which are additional batches of cards. You got I mean, right? So it's it's totally the same as as an LCG format. It's not surprising, but people have been actually saying this specifically about Alderac for a while. Like, when are you going to make a do? Why don't you just make a Dune Town LCG, or why don't you make a Seventh C LCG, or whatever? So maybe that could be the uh, the Gen Con 2015 release Seventh <laughs> <laughs> C rejigged or whatever i know people are already asking about that like well because obviously warlord and seventh c are the other two that people are really really big fans of oh i well okay i mean all of these are i mean the reason i'm making that is because warlord mechanically had some ludicrous issues all i mean although i guess a lot of that was just that they printed a lot of stupid cards Warlord mechanically was fine. Warlord, Warlord just had a bunch of really bad cards. And they could never really get a very good environment. A large part of the problem, uh, as I had somebody explain to me, was that a professional player, 
you understand that there's some amount of randomness, random chance involved in playing a, a deck game like this. And part of being at the high level is to minimize that as much as possible. And so with Warlord, by adding the die, you've now added a second level of randomness into it. So your high-tier high competitive decks would do everything in their power to minimize the randomness of one of those two elements or both, such that you would have decks that would never roll the die or would just roll it, you know, once a turn for initiative, and then other decks that would just, like, play their entire deck in two turns. Well, we we, we shall cross that bridge when we come to it. If we come to it, I, but yes, I think Doomtown will do well. I mean, right, AEG does not have the market oomph that, that Fantasy Flight does, but if they play their cards right, <laughs> I think, <laughs> hey, Doom- <laughs> they think Doomtown could re, or Doomtown Reloaded uh, could be a, a big success and, and it could be a big deal for AEG. They have a, I mean, even if you don't go into Warlord, you know, they've got some other things that they could kind of bring back and try to refine and have in this way. Cause you, one of the, the problems with CCGs from the manufacturer's standpoint is that they've got a relatively high threshold of financial viability in the long run. You just don't have enough people playing. You can't make money off the product. Yeah. Uh, which and right, if you can't make money off the product, you're not gonna sell it. That just doesn't work. That that's why the LCGs even came about. Yes, it, it was by actually by accident. Yeah, I've got this Call of Cthulhu thing. Uh, well, let's try this other. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, well, because they, they they didn't have enough players, they couldn't support a CCG. So, like, well, let's just go ahead and give them some packs, and those packs started selling through. Like they couldn't keep them in print. They're like, we might have something here. Well, they have continued to have something. So, in addition to to Doomtown Reloaded from AEG, Fantasy Flight just announced Warhammer 40k Conquest, a Warhammer 40k living card game. Now they've had a a Warhammer LCG out for ages now, which I don't care as much. I mean, I played Warhammer, but that was never my when I was doing miniatures gaming, that was never my my bread and butter. But Warhammer 40k. I like that. Look at that. It's one of my big blue ultramarines right there, front and center. Mike will make fun of them, but... Because they're dumb. The ultramarines are my favorites. Because they're dumb? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically... No, um, well, I don't think they technically have Invasion anymore. They, I'm pretty sure they stopped production on it. Oh, they did? Oh, well... Yeah. It was it was an interesting card game when it came out, but it, it had a lot of problems. And so, of course, we don't really know an, an awful lot about this right now, right? It's it's a two-player game. There are seven different factions at launch. So you've got Imperial Guards, Space Marines, Tau, Eldar, Dark Eldar, Orcs, and Chaos. Sorry, no Tyranids or Necrons at launch. You'd think that they would add those in at some point, or at least the Tyranids. I, I think the t- Necrons are popular enough you'd see them get added in. Yeah. They're, they're, they've been, they keep adding vampire counts, and that's basically who it is. They keep adding vampire counts. Yeah, vampire counts was one of the first expansions for. It was like the second expansion for Warhammer, and it's the first expansion for Disc Wars. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, no, no, yeah, people like Undead. As far as I could tell, Necrons is, was Warhammer 40k going, okay, okay. Now, we already have Space Empire and Space Elves and Space Orcs, a.k.a. Orcs. They even had Squat. They even had Space Dwarves originally. Oh, God, please, why? Why would you even bring them up? Uh, right, so but so very much Warhammer 40k was let's take the Warhammer factions and make space versions. Look, it's yep. it's space elves. They've got big pointy heads just like our other elves do. That's what's kind of neat about the Tau. They don't actually relate to any. Yeah, but well, the, but yeah, but the, I, the, the Necrons were like, like I first well, saw the Necrons and then like, oh, so they finally decided that they had to have zombie space zombies too, or space skeletons or whatever, you know, space undead. Okay, I I like vampire stuff, right? I'm I'm on the record as adoring Vampire the Masquerade. But the whole like undead horde zombie thing, clearly very popular. Not my cup of tea, so you know, Necrons came out and I'm like, okay, like I care about that at all. Uh, but I don't know. So we know the factions, they give some generalities about how it works. It's something like you've got five planets across in a row and you're you're competing at all five planets, but you're really only fighting hardcore on one of them but controlling the other ones can give you uh bonuses let you have more resources let you draw more cards and so you have to decide how to split your resources between trying to win the fight on the planet that's an active conflict and having strategic control of other places that will then generate the stuff that you need to to progress I, I don't I don't think it actually gives you constant benefits. I think it just lets it gives you a one time benefit when you score it. I think that every t- every turn there's a command phase or something like that, and you right. compare whoever's got the most, and so whoever is winning it that turn gets the benefit. Right, but yeah, I just I think each of the well we don't know. And, and so much of this depends on what you do with the individual cards you have a for your deck building. I think is the other sort of generic thing. You have a war leader or a warlord. That's your faction card, basically. He's always assigning to some planet or another. Each one of those warlords comes with, uh, I think, eight specific cards that are designed to work for them, and they have to go in your deck. And then you round your deck out with other cards from your faction. Additionally, you get to choose one other faction, and you're allowed to play with cards from that faction. But the other factions are limited by this wheel of alliances where each of the seven factions has two other factions next to it. And you have to pick one of those two factions and you can import cards from it. And then there are some cards that say that they're loyal and they can't be imported and and that sort of thing. So my precious space marines can either work with the Imperial Guard or the Tau. So no space marine Eldar. Eldar my second, second favorite faction. So no space marine slash Eldar decks, but I'll survive. I'll survive. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the way that you apparently win is it's not just a number of sites. You actually have to match three symbols that they'll have. Or you can have your general killed, because the general has to be assigned every turn. Yeah, as we see the pictures on the on the website, each of the sites has a, a red icon and or a green icon and or a blue icon. And when you've taken three of the sites that have those, presumably... That when you have three of the same, you win. Yeah, presumably that. 
you know, like I, we don't know what the deck building rules are about that or how that would work out strategically with what you. Yeah, well, my guess is that they might actually be the same five sites every time. Like they might get randomized, but I think it might be the same five. Uh, yeah, we only do see five. I guess we'll find out when it comes out. Yeah, man, I don't know. We're talking about total speculation land here. So, yeah, like I said, here I am, total sucker, knowing that I don't really have the time to really get the optimum value out of another LCG and then going, hmm, Warhammer 40K. It could be worse. Uh, the Richard Garfield leak could have been true. <laughs> yeah, that Vampire the Eternal Struggle was going to come out as an LCG. I it, no, technically is it still a, an active card game. Ish. Ish, yeah. Really? When like, was the last time they came out with an expansion for that? 2009, I think. How does that count as active? I don't know, because they haven't said they're not making any more. <laughs> I don't even... I White Wolf has kind of vanished into this series of rabbit holes where it's like, we're going to get bought by an MMO company because they want to make a World of Darkness MMO, but then we're never going to release that, and then... The MMO market has completely changed since the plans for that started, and you know, and the role-playing books are all just the Onyx Path Kickstarter stuff. And man, I I want the Mage 20th anniversary. You think I can? You think if I take up a collection among our listeners, they chip in so I could kickstart that for the hundred thirty-five dollars? Uh, sure. I'm pretty sure you don't believe that. No. <laughs> but if Fantasy Flight actually did do, I don't know what sort of insane cross licensing would be required for that, and their Fantasy Flight is not doing it. But yeah, it it would be pretty hard not to. Well, you know what? If they wanted to license the, uh, that world, which I don't see them doing anyways. I think they'd be better off just dumping that engine anyways. That was by far his worst engine. <laughs> uh, I think he's even come out and said that that was his least favorite of all those games. That he- I am pretty sure that if Fantasy Flight came out with an LCG... Actually, I'm pretty sure if, if Fantasy Flight came out with any game that had the Vampire the Masquerade license, I would buy it. I'm guessing that, yes, I I would take that bet, yes. It's possible that they'd completely screw it up, because Lord knows I've got some bad, like, Vampire the Requiem branded games that White Wolf published. Well, maybe that's an exaggeration, but not good. But Fantasy Flight being, you know, what they are and, and, and their, their general, not, not that every single game that they come out with is the best thing ever. Nobody's perfect, but they've, they do enough solid stuff that... If you told me, here's this game, you have to either buy it now without knowing anything about it, or you don't get to buy it, I would buy it. I, I think with this, besides the non-AEG games, the only other games I would care to see remade at this point would probably be Magi Nation and Battletech. They've like remade every all, all the other white games I wanted to have them remake. Yeah, it would not need to be a remake of Vampire. I would just... Yeah... I just yeah. <laughs> no. I've made Chris depressed. This is fantastic. No, no, I'm not. I, I think it would be neat. I mean, it's not like they're they're not gonna. No, not with that attitude. <laughs> yes, 
my attitude is what is what is standing between. There you go. That's what we're gonna do at Gen Con. We're gonna try to get what's left of White Wolf <laughs> and whatever companies they happen to be residing. We're gonna. Are you get kidding me? Get... CCP doesn't even show up to Dragon Con anymore. It's like in their state. Well, the Onyx Path people show up, right? Uh, and they're still a. You don't see them standing out as much distinctively during the day, but there's still a lot of, not that it's an aspect of Vampire that I'm interested in, but there's still a lot of LARPing stuff that goes on with that. Yeah. That's, it's often, I wonder why, often more of an evening event sort of thing, so you don't see it as much just sitting there during the day, but they still have a presence. But yeah, they're not the ones who would control it anyway. Yeah, you'd have to get the guys from the the parent corporation. But I don't think Fantasy Flight's interested in it a- anyway. No. So, but but if you are Fantasy Flight, I will buy it. <laughs> I will buy it. So here's one. Mark mark one down for the shut up and take my money. Yeah, but but that's the problem with Fantasy Flight. It's like they have to pick. What do we want to make people shut up and have them throw all their money at us with? Like yeah. we're gonna have seven or eight different things that that's gonna happen with. Well, yeah, but they can't make Star Wars board games, see? So they, they need a license yeah. that is guaranteed to make me give them money for a board game. Huh? I'm just uh, saying. There you go. World of Darkness. The original World of Darkness, not New World of Darkness. I mean, I've got a lot of that stuff, too, but I'm I'm pretty much okay on that. But there's always room for more Old World of Darkness. Uh, uh-huh. I wear my geek badges with pride. I wear my geek badges with pride. Well then, so that's it for Strange Assembly's RPG World of Darkness Wishlist podcast episode. <laughs> Did you want to make fun of me some more too before we signed off, Jay? Uh, no, Mike did enough for, for it. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll feel get like you I made it. I feel like I'm more poked you than made fun of you, but okay. What? No, whatever. No, you. Dude, can you hear me? I'm. I'm. I'm crying. <laughs> uh, oh, that did make me laugh. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. oh, woe is me. I must go find some black and eyeliner and go back. Okay. You do you do have some, so <laughs> I, it's not like it would be hard. <clears throat> I have no idea what you're talking about. So, I think that's it for Strange Assembly today. I imagine we're going to see both Conquest and... Doomtown Reloaded as Gen Con releases, because that's how this works. Yeah, well, they're both slated to be released at Gen Con. Yes, so uh, I will be off doing something. Mike will be trying to sprint to the Fantasy Flight and AEG booths. No! Don't sell them all! Well, let's see, probably. Mike will sprint for Fantasy Flight. Jay will sprint for, for the Doomtown. I think that's how it'll work out, right? I think that's how you guys would split up. Yeah, we probably would split that up. And in fact, Jay, sure. we need to talk about this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Plan logistics now. I think you've got a little bit. You can wait for some more announcements. The new Pathfinder Adventure card game is going to be coming out. How could we sneak into the floor early? Well, the problem is we're, we're going to both want collector's editions of the Dune Lands, Dune Town. Yes. I'm never going to have that because it's basically before I bought that, I would want to play it. And then by the time I played it enough to decide if I wanted it, it's going to be long gone. So, but yeah, yeah, right. That's got like fancy metal tokens and 
ghost rock rocks and and actual clay uh, chips. Yeah, that's right, clay poker chips. I do like fancy components. It kind of varies whether or not I'm willing to pay as much extra as seems to be required. But it was Kickstarter can be handy for that. I I did for whatever that obviously we didn't end up being super enthused about the game. The fancy fancy bits in Euphoria were very nice. Yes. Very very nice. I would like to see more of that in in standard cost board games, but you know, it turns out that that's not how money works. So, <laughs> you have been listening to Strange Assembly. You can subscribe to the overall Strange Assembly podcast on iTunes. If you want to see our breakdown of our different feeds or our other content, you can visit us at strangeassembly.com. You can also check us out at facebook.com slash strangeassembly or follow us. We're at Strange Assembly on Twitter. If you have any feedback for me, you can contact me at chris at strangeassembly.com. But for Mike Cook and Jay Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson, and you've been listening to Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.